Well, good afternoon and welcome to the What's in the Cup podcast, the 2022 version. It's been, my goodness, it's been a long time, Bob, since we've been doing this and uh, sorry for such a long break, uh, but we are excited to be back and a beautiful day here in America. The rest of the country is getting uh, snow and sleet and rain and nastiness, but here in Southwest Georgia, it's beautiful, strange day. Um, This is, it's Friday. Um, Russia is attacking Ukraine for no reason that I can tell. Uh, the stock market is rallying 800 points, which seems odd with the middle of a war breaking out. Um, and, and president Biden today, uh, announced his selection for the Supreme court, uh, Ketanji Brown Jackson, the very first. Uh, African-American female to be nominated for the Supreme Court. So uh, a lot going on in the world and a lot going on in our country. And so uh, just an interesting day to be having this conversation. And and so in order to have a great conversation, we've invited uh, one of our great faculty members, Dr. Mark Grimes, Associate Professor in the College of Business and Computing, to join us today. And so I know you're an expert in all of those topics, and so that's what we (laughs) got you here to tell us all about why Ukraine and Russia is such an uh, important uh, event. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's uh, there's just not enough time in this podcast. But uh, but I appreciate you inviting me. I've listened to these for so long, and it's uh, kind of an honor to be invited to the exclusive club. And yet... You get an email from the president's office saying, come to my office. And you think, oh, gosh, those <laughs> memories of high school getting called to the principal's office. Well, I hope it's never that bad. <laughs> uh, I do remember getting called to the principal's office from time to time. and uh, But I, I also have been called to the president's office when it wasn't quite so good. So I understand the, uh, the trepidation. But uh, this will be fun. I think we're going to have a good time. Uh, like I said, we got a lot to talk about, and, and you're involved in a lot of things that I'm very interested in and, and want people to, to hear about. And so we'll have a chance to talk about um, your work with the uh, post-tenure, review, re, post-tenure Review Committee. Uh, you've got a book club. You've got the gift program, all coming out of the Office for Teaching and Learning. So we're going to talk about some of those things and, and uh, particularly how uh, we can help students be successful because... That's what we all want to accomplish. Absolutely. The, uh, the first uh, things we do here on the show every, every time we do this, I, I used to say every week, but uh, that's probably just better say every, every version. Uh, we talk a little bit about students and uh, where we are right now. We're in the middle of a semester and we're looking forward to uh, summer enrollment and certainly to next fall enrollment and the next freshman class. Uh, summer enrollment actually is looking good. Uh, we're about one or two students up from last summer, which was a, a record summer for us. So we're continuing to see uh, that enrollment go well. Where we're concerned is looking ahead into the fall. Applications at Georgia Southwestern, total applications are down about 10%, which is not out of line with schools uh, like us. What we're seeing across the system, across the country, is that applications are down anywhere from uh, 10 to 15%. Uh, at at what we call comprehensive institutions, institutions without uh, associate's degrees. And on top of that, 
about 45% of the applications that we do have do not have an ACT or SAT score attached to them, which means we cannot officially accept those students into the uh, university, which then means we can't start their process for enrollment. And again, that is uh, not out of line with what we're seeing. We're, we're about 46% here at, at GSW, 43% at comprehensive universities in the state of Georgia. And uh, the state that all, all schools in the state of Georgia, we're seeing we have 30% fewer applications in, in all 26 schools combined. So there's a real concern about enrollment and how that will impact higher education. And of course, uh, as, as we talk about here at the university quite a bit, enrollment, uh, as much as we don't, don't think it's the best determiner of our success, uh, is really what drives our funding. And so uh, we, f- we are funded two years after the fact based on our enrollment. If every school in the system goes down, you know, what does that do to state funding? And uh, how does the formula reconfigure? That, those are all great questions. I don't have any answers at the moment. I just know that we're thinking about and talking about and really focusing on how do we get next year's freshman class in the door? And uh, we're having conversations with the system about uh, the the ACT and the SAT requirement and whether that can be um, put off for another year. Uh, it was, it has been off for the last couple of years and um, now they've put it back on. And uh, unfortunately, Florida, like Georgia, is, is still using it. Every other state uh, contiguous to us has made test optional. So we're one of the few states in the country that's really sticking to this and uh, it's an interesting discussion about why are students not taking the test and um, why are they, uh, you know, these students would have been sophomores in 2020, right? Maybe even freshmen. Mm-hmm. They, and so their, their predecessors in high school didn't take this test or didn't have to take this test. And their teachers may not have encouraged them to take the test or talked about the test or uh, their counselors may have ignored it. And so now they haven't had any uh, good examples. And so it's really interesting how the effects of COVID are changing some of the dynamics. And and, uh, I'm sure there's examples in other parts of our lives where uh, we've now changed our behavior based on uh, what we've been through. But this one is, is a little surprising to me that, that so many of the high school students just uh, either don't know to take it or uh, don't re- recognize its value or importance. So it'd be interesting to, to know whether the guidance counselors are fully aware that it is now required again, because you would think that they would be encouraging their students to do it just like they did three years ago. Yeah. And our students still as aggressively pursuing college. Uh, if we're 30% down on applications statewide, that that's all applications. That's mm-hmm. even with not taking the test. Is that an indication that as a general rule, students are just not as excited about higher education as they used to be? Or are there, or are there some students not applying because they haven't taken the test and they know they can't really get accepted? So you don't, you don't know what that 30% really shows us, 
because we don't have enough data um, to know. But you know, we have we have deadlines for scholarships. We have deadlines for housing applications. We have deadlines for uh, lots of our enrollment processes. Uh, financial aid has to be, you know, they have to fill out the FAFSA. They have to do all of these things. And if if they are delayed, it's going to put a lot of pressure on the institutional resources to try to get a bunch of students in the door at the end. And uh, I'm sure you, uh, every semester, have students coming to you. I need a class. I need to do, can you do this for me? How do I do this? Um, and so that means every faculty member has this, you know, hopefully not, but, you know, potential. We could have a real barrage of crises, mi mi minor crises, I guess, but, uh, you know, students trying to get things done at the, at the last minute. My advising responsibility is management students who are completely online. So they're from oh. other, other parts of Georgia, other parts of the country, even some in other countries. And uh, normally you're right. Well, the last week before classes started, even even the, up until the day of the the deadline to add, uh, yeah. I get an email saying this person's been accepted, and it's you know there's ten or twelve of them every year. But I think you're right. We may have forty or fifty this year. That's the scary part. Is we just you know you just you hope so because we need we're, we we need the enrollment, and, and we certainly think and believe that higher education is a good choice and, and a good option. But um, just really not sure how this is all going to play out as we go forward. One of the things we're working on is uh, housing, our housing units. Uh, we, we went, our occupancy rate went from about 94% to uh, down to around 72%. Again, not totally um, out outside of the expectations for what would happen during COVID. A lot of students just didn't want to live in mm -hmm. that kind of environment. And a lot of parents didn't want their kid living in that kind of environment. And so uh, that not a shocker. But what we're not seeing is the return to that normal college, uh, go to school, live on campus kind of, uh, of behavior. And so we are uh, working on some new options. Uh, private rooms are are the the gold standard now uh, i remember uh, you guys probably remember you know i had a roommate uh, two beds in the same room uh, i walked down the hall and there were i don't know 15 rooms on the floor one bathroom in the middle and that was all okay with us and now now we're down to i want a room by myself with with a bathroom inside the room and if i can't have that i'm not living on campus so we're converting mm -hmm. I think we have 84 uh, rooms that we would that we think uh, we call dual occupancy rooms. We're going to convert half of those 42 to single occupancy rooms where the bathroom is contained in the room. The the price will go up pretty significantly, uh, but we have a waiting list for those rooms. And uh, so we uh, again we just have to convert and continue to to adapt to society and what the expectations are. And uh, we're, we're doing that. And so we, we certainly think that our occupancy will go back up. Uh, we're making some of these changes, trying to clean up and, and renovate the, the kitchen, kitchenettes in the, in the residence halls. Uh, so we're doing a lot of work to try to uh, make sure that as students have options and as fewer students might be choosing higher education, that we're still in the game. And I just encourage everyone out there to continue to 
talk to parents, talk to your friends that work in the high schools, talk to your, your kids' friends, um, and let them know that um, going to college is a very valuable, important part of an individual's development and preparation for life. And we want to provide that option for them. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how this works out. But um, just that's kind of the way it's going right now. So we're excited to be able to add some new degree programs this, uh, this coming up fall, the Associate's Degree in Nursing, uh, the Executive MBA, and um, hopefully that'll help as well. All right. So, Mark, we've got uh, one, of the, one of the big topics of discussion around here, around campus right now is the uh, introduction of a post-tenure review program. This was adopted by our uh, University System of Georgia Board of Regents, uh, and then they sent their, uh, I guess, their new policy to campus and said, all right, now you guys figure out how to make this work on your campus. And uh, we drew straws, and you came up with the shortest straw of all, and you are chairing uh, this committee designed to uh, figure out how to implement this policy here at GSW. So first, we want to thank you for your work. Uh, I know it's uh, a lot of work and, and it's condensed time frame for higher education in particular, a mm-hmm. uh, very short window for us. And uh, But I wanted to just kind of ask you how it's going and see if you give us all kind of an update and, and let everybody know kind of where we're headed and kind of when we think we might get there. Okay. Well, <laughs> you know, I'm... I'm I'm questioning you right off about that drawing of straws things. I'm not sure everybody on campus even drew a straw, uh, but I definitely got the short one. And it's, it's been a really interesting process. Uh, I've, got, I've got working with me five members of the faculty, and, and they're amazing. The, they've been really, really productive meetings, uh, very, very collegial, but some really super smart people that are bringing up concerns and questions and what ifs. Uh, but the, the general underlying issue that started all of this uh, as i understand it and and as the committee chair if i understand it wrong that's a problem uh, but it was it was really kind of started post review uh, post tenure review and and uh, those of you who understand all of this can zone out for just a moment but if anybody's listening that's part of the not a part of the academic world uh, faculty go through promotions associate you know assistant associate professor and tenure uh, and at various stages along the process, you submit a sample of what you've done, that like you're going up for any other promotion. And uh, various folks look at it and make recommendations, yes or no, and ultimately Dr. Weaver says, I agree with all the above and what and whatnot. Um, and from what I understand, uh, it, the process has gotten a little casual over time. Uh, it's, uh, it's kind of like the, the classroom setting where it used to be is like, got a C, cool, you know, <laughs> uh, but now C, what are you talking about? I need an A. And uh, we have rating systems of one to five. And it's kind of gotten to the point where if you don't get a five, you really think something's wrong. So if everybody's a five, nobody's really anything. Right. So the, the post-tenure review is that after you get your tenure, you have to continue to do what you did before you got the tenure that justified the tenure. And we, be, we need to review you periodically. And uh, that needs to be very rigorous. It needs to be uh, very detailed. It needs to be um, very accountable and open. And so the, the, the Board of Regents just... And peer-reviewed. And peer-reviewed, exactly. Yeah, yeah I, that, that should have been mentioned at the very beginning. That's one of the fears is that if some 
nameless administrator in Atlanta is looking over paperwork and doesn't know me, or if uh, Dr. Weaver, who's right. uh, busy and doesn't get a chance to, to learn who I am on a personal level, that's works to my disadvantage, but my peers know. So that's a big part of it. Um, but the, uh, the Board of Regents said, you know, we, want, we don't want to have to step in and make these decisions. We want the campus to be able to do that. And the best way to do that is for you to convince us that you're doing it seriously, that it's um, all those things that I just mentioned. Yeah. So what they've challenged us to do is to rethink the process, to build in strenuousness, rigor, to make sure that we're holding each other to lofty standards. Um, but they're also one of the one of the f- changes in the focus of the last few years is making sure that we are totally student centered. It's very easy as a manager, as a faculty member, to, to realize that I'm the expert and I'm just going to bless you with my knowledge um, and, and kind of factor out that, that you're a human being and I'm serving you, not the other way around. Um, so one of the things that, that we're having to do in this process is to, to start considering student success activities. That's a, that's a key word now in all of what we're doing here what things are we doing in the classroom to really focus the process on the student and making sure that the student learns, the student grows, the student gets experience, um, so forth. So we're encouraged to, to hold people accountable for doing things like that that right. help the students succeed. Um, we also have to, to kind of reconfigure a little bit the scale that we use to, to rate people and to really focus on things that are noteworthy, uh, not necessarily excellent five on the scale but but noteworthy they're they're making a difference um we are also asked to to look at you know if we if we kind of change the expectation to where you don't have to get a five anymore four is okay maybe even a three is okay um what do we do if somebody challenges that is there a process and that's part of the peer review thing if if i if i get reviewed and don't like the scores that I got, can I challenge this? And what does the process look like? So all of that is being built into this thing. Um, beyond that, we're looking not from a BOR, Board of Regents perspective, but from just a university, this is things we care about. What do those student sex activities look like? And so we're trying to give lots and lots of examples. Yeah. You know, you, you, your department, your college, arts and sciences, whatever, can kind of define this on your own, but these are the kinds of things that they ought to look like. So all of that said, our group has been meeting uh, once or twice a week. Uh, we've met about six times so far and still have a, a fair amount to do, but we're making good progress. And um, uh, had a, a meeting with our faculty senate this morning and said, you're, just, you're gonna be shocked by how much red print there is. Uh, it's gonna overwhelm me. It's like, oh my gosh. Uh, but really and truly, what we wanna suggest to the GSW faculty is they're not asking us to do anything that we're not already doing. If you're alarmed, don't be, because you're doing things that are student-focused. Yeah. So we're just putting into documentation that we expect you to keep doing what you've already been doing. Yeah. You know, and I and I think this, I think it to me in my world, all this really flows well together. Uh, last year we had the post-pandemic task force that really started to think about what does this university look like going forward? What are the behaviors? What are the things we want to accomplish? What should the experience here be? for students. And this year we're redoing our strategic plan and we're we're looking forward to what do the next five years look like? 
And next year, we're really going to start focusing on our SAC COC accreditation, which includes a quality enhancement plan, which again, has to be focused on student success. And so as we're embedding now these concepts of what does student success look like? What does it sound like? What are the things that we can do in, in the, what we explain to people that they will experience here, what we say is our plan going forward, and then what we tell our accrediting body, this is what we're going to focus our attention on. It really starts to bring all of this together. And now we have a way to evaluate mm -hmm. uh, our peers and say, are you doing these things? And, and how, if you're not, how do we get you to where you can? Um, and so I just think it, all of those parts are kind of coming together in a really interesting way for us institutionally to hopefully drive this concept that uh, student success is what we are about. And that will, I hope, then translate into parents and students seeing this as a place that really is invested in their success. And, uh, and, and then taking the ACT and, and, that and would be, that would certainly be helpful if they would <laughs> tie take, all these things together. They would take the test. You know, I was this past week. I, I had the uh, opportunity to go and be a part of a SAC COC uh, on-site review team at uh, Florida Polytechnic University. Florida Polytechnic is a school of about fifteen hundred students, and it's all STEM, all science, technology, engineering, and math. And I don't know, their, their average ACT is like 28 or 29. I mean, these are really, oh, really, really bright students who have been very successful in high school. And their QEP, what they are focused on going forward is they have about a 30% failure rate in Calculus 1 and Calculus 2. And they want to find ways to help those students be more successful. Well, these are not students that are not capable uh -huh. they've proven their intellect uh but for some reason they have 30 percent that you know, well we we have the same conversation here uh -huh. our students come in we have about 30 percent that either struggle in biology or uh some other class i hate to point out biology math is a is mm -hmm. one where right. we, we see a, a high failure rate and and so it's not the teaching it's not the material I mean, obviously the material is difficult, but if they're in here, they're capable. We, we know that. The question is what's happening in their world? Why aren't they doing their homework? Why aren't they studying? Why aren't, and uh, I just found it really fascinating that a school which has, you know, if, if one of those students came here, they would be at the top of our student body from a qualification standpoint. And yet they struggle there. And so I found that unique. I don't know if you've read uh, Malcolm Gladwell's one of my, an author that I enjoy. He wrote a book called David and Goliath. And he really talked about this. A young lady chose to go to an Ivy League school as opposed to, I think, the University of Maryland or some, somebody near, and, and she failed out. And she, she lost confidence. She didn't become, I, I think she wanted to be a doctor or something. And, and instead went in another totally different direction. And, and she looks back on her life and said, if I would have chosen, instead of the Ivy League, if I would mm -hmm. have chosen this school, I would have been the top student. Yeah. And my confidence would have been high. I would have had chances to go to graduate school. And so that's that dynamic of, of you know, helping students be successful is, a, is universal. 
and we've got to find ways to try to make that happen. Yeah. And uh, I know you're, you've got a couple of things beyond your work with um, the post tenure review. You're also uh, tell us about this book club and the gift program that, that you're working with. Cause these are kind of related to helping right. students be successful. Right. Uh, it, it's, it's happened a lot in the past when, when Dr. Judy Grissett was over the Office of Teaching and Learning that we would have book clubs. Um, and, and the books tended to focus on things that you can do as a teacher to improve the experience for students. It falls right in line with all these things we've been talking about. And one author that we've looked at a couple of times is James Lang. He's got some books, that, like small teaching, little things that you can do. His latest book is called Distracted. And the whole idea behind it is that today's generation of students is so engrossed in their phone, even in the classroom, mm -hmm. that you wonder if they're paying any attention on. They're, they're distracted, but, but that's how they're wired. Yeah. They, they only focus for a, a short period of time. And this book talks about, you know, what do we do about our syllabus and no technology policies? Does that hurt more than it helps? That's one of the first chapters, but lots of suggestions of things that you can do to build technology and breaks of different kinds into your classroom so that you know okay we focused for for 15 minutes let's kind of clear our head and do some jumping jump, whatever everybody look at your phone for everybody a few seconds. exactly yeah yeah you can use that to your advantage all right let's take a break here and i want y'all to all google this see what you come up with for the next part of our discussion so the the the, the book that we're gonna explore is called distracted and uh, we've had 11 people from across campus that have said that really sounds interesting and they've committed an hour every other week to kind of work through this book and it's going to be really exciting um we've got the books on order and uh, about two weeks from now i think a week and a half from now is we're going to be our first meeting great they're real interesting to see how we might take those and apply them to our classroom absolutely you know I, and that was one of the things that i found during the uh, during the covid when we switched to the virtual you teach you teach online Both. a lot right and, and and but for me it was such a, a new phenomenon and i found myself when i was on a zoom call or uh you know, I'd look at the screen and that got boring after a while. And so I'd look at my phone and, and meetings that, you know, if I was in this meeting, sitting at a, around a, a board table, I would never pull my phone out and right. do something else. But because it's on Zoom, I felt okay. One, I was distracted. Uh, and I guess I'm used to watching TV every once in a while you get a commercial. Mm -hmm. And I can go do something else. And now I'm sitting here looking at the screen and I'm not getting a commercial. What's, yeah, what's the right. problem? Right. And so, yeah, it was really fascinating. Even my own behavior uh, wasn't set up for the world that we had to then try to be in. Right. And so uh, really interesting how you would apply that to the different environments that we teach in. If you teach online, does that change mm -hmm. how you use these skills as opposed to being in a classroom with with all the students. So yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Now talk about the gift uh, program. That's a, oh, yeah. that's that's interesting a good one too. too. That, that's also student focused. Um, typically what happens in the classroom is that we, we go in with a plan and a, a way that we're going to implement that and assess that. And we just put our heads down and we just bulldoze through the semester. And at the end of the semester, we get feedback from our students. Gosh, you know, I didn't like this, or I wish they'd done that. And we, it, it, somebody, it's like one of those, you just bang your side of the head. It's like, why didn't I think of that before? Uh, but it's been suggested that if we could take a pause in the middle of the semester, after they've done their first test, or they've turned in their first paper and gotten feedback on it, if we can take a pause and ask them for feedback then, what could this teacher do to, to help me be more successful? But at the same time, 
introspectively, what do I need to do as a student to be more successful? So the, the whole point of the GIFT program and GIFT is the group um, instructional feedback technique. We love acronyms. Mm -hmm. um, what happens is that I, as a teacher, say I want to get some feedback from my students. So I get a facilitator who's been trained in this, and on a particular day, I'll teach for the first 30 or 45 minutes, and then I'll say, that's all of the teaching we're going to do today, but class is not over. There's another good activity that's going to happen, and somebody else is going to come in. Let me introduce you to you know, Dr. Weaver, and, and I'm going to step out. And then you kind of go through a process where you get them to brainstorm what's working, what's not working. And then you kind of summarize the common themes, and a week or so later, you go and you sit down with me, and you say, this is what your students are saying. And it's all anonymous. Right. And hopefully the teacher says, well, gosh, that's, that's low-hanging fruit. I can, I can put that into implementation tomorrow. And so hopefully what happens is that the students see some changes that help them. Mm -hmm. uh, the teacher gets really good feedback that they go, God, I don't know why I never thought of this before. Mm -hmm. Or I've been scared to try that, but I can see where it might make a difference. But also at the end of the semester, there aren't so many bad comments because yeah. you've done the things that they were going to complain about. And that's the, this gift thing is just that process of getting feedback from students when they can still do something about it. Because the, the annual rev, uh, comes to the, the classroom evaluation is like, great, I can help the next group, but yeah. I can't help you. Yeah. So, do you find that classes from semester to semester, I mean, the same class, different people, do you find that they're different? I mean, do they... Did the same technique work with one group and then the next year it's like, wow, they're not getting this? Or It depends on the technique, but a, a lot of them, you go, hey, this kind of fell flat this year. It yeah. worked real well last year. Yeah. Or last year, yeah, but you guys have really bought into this. It depends on the personalities yeah. and, and your enthusiasm level that day or whatever. But uh, yeah, I yeah. guess from the perspective of big changes, if, if, you, if you're kind of doing things right to start with, they don't, they don't come up with a whole lot of suggestions. Yeah. Yeah, I just, you know, I find it interesting that, you know, a politician can go and have a, a stump speech in one town and it goes great. And then they go the next town and it's, yeah, that wasn't very, same you speech, know, you know, same, speech, uh -huh. same, you know, who, you know, all the stuff, but it just doesn't work quite as well. And, you right. know, so I, I, I just find that interesting when we do preview days, you know, one preview day, the mm -hmm. parents are clapping uh, commencements. You know, we have two commencements on the same day and one commencement, there's great energy and everybody's uh -huh. clapping and cheering. And the next one, nobody says a word. Right. And it's like, how can the same event, you know, have such a different personality? Uh, so I'm sure that classes kind of get personalities and absolutely uh, that would be interesting to know, you know, that worked or didn't work. Well, well that's we've, good stuff. We've, we've had, uh, we've had eight people trained in how to facilitate awesome. these things. And uh, we're looking for teachers who will let somebody come into their classroom. Yeah. And it's the, the, the response so far this semester has been slow. Okay. So if you're, if you're a faculty member, really give this some serious thought. Yeah. You, you have to give up 30, 30 minutes of one class period, but boy, you can get some great feedback. So yeah. go out to the OTL website and request uh, a visit from, from somebody for the gift and we'll get somebody in your classroom real quick. That's good. I love that. I think that's a neat, uh, a new, neat way to get some, like I said, get some feedback in a, in a timely manner that, mm -hmm. that can really make a difference. Absolutely. Uh, we got some great stuff coming up here on campus and I uh, want to make sure everybody's aware. We got the GISA uh, state basketball tournament going on on campus right now. I think they started maybe Thursday or Wednesday, they started playing games, yeah, and they'll be here through Saturday. Up to, up to championships now. I guess that's what's kind of funny. 
um, my kids go to school locally, and last year the girls' team mm-hmm. won the championship. Um, kind of put that into a compartment here. My daughter now is is a, a, a freshman at Kennesaw, and she was thinking about going on a study abroad trip. And so we had this conference call with the professor who's leading this trip, and he and I get to talk in a little bit um, after the after the call is over. And he says, "Oh, America's is such a great little town. I've been on campus a lot. My girls are always down there playing in the, wow. the state championships." And I was like, "Oh, if you were here last year, you lost to my daughter's team, <laughs> and now she wants to go on your trip." He said, oh, yeah, okay, sure. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> Speaking of study abroad, we have a trip to well, Nepal. Good segue. Uh, May 16th through the 31st, um, accepting applications now. So if you're a student that's interested in going to Nepal, you can email Judy uh, Grissett, judy.grissett at gsw.edu, get more information. Uh, that should be a lot of fun. My older daughter, Rachel, went on that trip yeah. two years ago. Yeah. She loved it. Awesome. So we are big, big time study abroad. She was coming back right as the whole COVID thing was getting started and Ooh, all lucky. the Middle East and everything. Yeah. And you're flying over Iraq. It's like, no. <laughs> but it was, a, it was a great experience for her. I, you know, I haven't ever been on a study abroad trip, uh, but I do know that, you know, st- traveling uh, changes the way you think about Absolutely. everything. And yeah. When you go to another country where you don't speak their language, where... The food is different. Uh, it's just amazing, the transformational uh, yeah. impact of that. Oh, and just buying something. Yeah. This is 343 blarbles. What is a blarble? <laughs> How, what right. does that mean in dollars? That's right. 312 sounds like a little number. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. so incredible. The whole experience is, is great. Speaking of basketball, our women's basketball team here at Georgia Southwestern just completed the most successful uh, basketball season in the, in the history of our women's team. Uh, I don't know exactly what their final record was, but they only lost five times, I think. And uh, they finished third in the conference, and they finished third in our region. They're ranked in the NCAA regional uh, rankings as third behind two teams in our conference, North Georgia and Lander. And we will host, uh, for the first time ever, a conference tournament game uh, on campus. I think it's going to be Wednesday. And if they win, obviously, they'll go on to the conference semifinals and hopefully the finals. And then... uh, they take the top eight in the region into the NCAA tournament. So it would be grossly awful if they somehow didn't make it into the top eight, finishing mm-hmm. third at this point. So we're expecting a, an NCAA tournament bid for them. We're very excited for them. And and um, uh, coaches, coach has been great. Justin uh, came to campus three years ago as his third team and so really done a great job. The men's team finished uh eighth seventh uh, i think there's still a few games to play they could finish as high as sixth in the conference so they'll play their conference uh tournament game on the road uh, also on wednesday or, or thursday maybe so uh, we'll be looking for that next week mm-hmm. um i and uh, the rest of our executive team will be heading up to atlanta on tuesday for a budget hearing with our system office that's always great fun to tell them all the things that we do and why they should give us more money sometimes we think that they must have earplugs in but whatever it's right it's uh, part of the process and uh, we have a new chancellor if we haven't heard uh, Sonny Purdue I guess I shouldn't say it's not official yet but he was uh, the sole finalist named the sole finalist Sonny Purdue the former governor of the state of Georgia uh, former 
Secretary of Agriculture for the United States uh, is has been named the sole finalist for the chancellor's position. And I think they'll take action on that sometime in the next few days, uh, certainly early next week as we uh, get into March. And we expect him to be on the job pretty soon. So we're looking forward to working with our new uh, chancellor. The uh, new Aeolian magazine is out. I want to thank Chelsea Collins and Sig- Sydney Scott. The great work on the new magazine. If you haven't seen the GSW magazine, it's really, uh, really a good magazine and, and a lot of fun to see all the things that have happened here at the university. Um, we've got, uh, I thought this was interesting. I read this, that uh, some of our English students presented at the uh, GGC Teaching, Learning, and Research Symposium, the Georgia Gwinnett uh, College's Teaching, Learning, and Research Symposium, Hannah Holloway, um, Michelle or Michaela Reed, and Bethany Griggs. Uh, they, let's see, they presented at the undergraduate session. The title of their presentation was Teaching a Grammar Course at a Small Public University, a Case Study. Uh, so, students doing a great job and, and having the opportunity to uh, present their research. And the thing that makes that so interesting to me is Hannah Holloway, one of the students, was also the pitcher for the women's softball team when they beat the number two ranked team in the country, Valdosta State, the other night. What was it? Monday night, I think, uh, or Tuesday night. They beat Valdosta and uh, Hannah pitched the whole game. Uh, I think she only gave up four hits. And we won four to two. And just to make it more fun, that we, we've played Valdosta. Since we became a Division II school, we played Valdosta 37 times. And we had not beat them. We were 0-37. And, and so now we're 1-38. And, and Hannah Holloway got the win. Uh, and she's also obviously a great student doing uh, undergraduate research. So I love that, that that's what happens at this university, Absolutely. that our students can do so many things and be involved in uh, so many Areas And speaking of that, we have Undergraduate Research Symposium coming up. Uh, March 11th is the deadline for your abstract submission. So if you are involved in undergraduate research and would like to present your research, uh, please contact. Um, let's see, who do you contact? You probably contact. I don't have any. I, I'm looking here. Oh, undergrad. Oh, gsw.edu backslash undergrad research. And I'm sure they'll have a way to submit your submission. But if you're involved, uh, what a great way to kind of uh-huh. get your tip, dip your toe in the uh, research and presentation uh, world. And it's a, a great way to, again, to, to take your learning to a whole nother level, create the experience, right. make it yours, do that experiential uh, learning and, and be uh-huh. very closely tied with uh, your faculty members. So a lot of good things uh, happening here and and I don't know if you've checked out the new Flory Chapel uh, Activity Center, but we opened uh, Flory Chapel. It's now available to everyone on campus. And if you haven't been in there, uh, put on your workout clothes and go uh, give it a try. The, the equipment is fantastic. It's a beautiful, beautiful space. I love the way that uh, the building was redone. It kept some of its character and uh, and some of its history but it's also very modern and all the equipment in there is, is top of the line. I want to thank Dr. Boren uh, for uh, leading that effort and uh, certainly Jeff Hall and all the folks that, that helped with that renovation project. It's a stunning new, uh, adi- I say a new addition, uh, 
the building was it's been closed ever since i got here so as far as i'm concerned it's new <laughs> uh, it's an old building that's been brought back to use and uh, it, it really is very nice so we're excited to have that and i hope I think everybody's I'll, enjoying it i'll walk through on the way back to my office good i think you'll i think you'll be impressed absolutely it's, uh, it's very it, you know it's just really nice well done and so so a lot of exciting things happening here and uh, i want to thank uh dr grimes for joining me today talking about all the things that you're involved in we didn't even talk about the classes that you teach and and your other responsibilities that are that are really your main job <laughs> right. at the university but uh, i so much appreciate the, the these other things because they as you said they're they're focused on student success and helping uh people become better at their job uh and they're and and, and we know that everybody that's here wants students to be successful nobody does this with the intention of trying to mess somebody up. They're all doing what they do because they want students to be successful. And so anything we can do to help them develop their skills and become more effective at what they've chosen to do is great. And so we thank you for that. And uh, I hope that some of these folks out there will give you a call and find out how they can get involved. And uh, Bob, we appreciate you finding your way back to the office. It's been a while. I, I know you, you had to probably put the some arrows down for you to point you back in here but i'll uh, i'll try to be better about getting us uh, back on schedule and and appreciate everybody um having a having allowing me to take a little break but we'll be we'll be back here more often so have a good week and uh i guess spring break's coming up pretty soon so make start better start making plans for where you're gonna go we'll see you soon <laughs>